The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome, everyone. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, I'm continuing my series of interviews with thought leaders in, in conversion rate optimization with Susan Weinshank. Welcome, Susan. Hi, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, now, now Susan, is, just to give folks some quick background about you in case they don't already know, uh, you're known online as the brain lady and your background's in behavioral psychology. I know you've written several books, uh, including one of my favorites, uh, 100 Things Every Designer Needs to Know About People. Uh, that's well thumbed, and I have a bunch of little post-it notes in it too. So, oh, I uh, love to hear that. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, why don't we start there? Why don't we start with kind of e- your background and how you came to be interested in in behavioral psychology and what's inside of our skulls? Well, you know, I have a PhD in psychology, and so I I think I've always been interested in in human behavior. And when I was in graduate school. Uh, there was a, a requirement at gra- for the, my graduate program to take a foreign language, but it had an interesting twist because you could take a programming language in place of a foreign language. <laughs> and I had never used computers. Now, I'm not going to tell you what year this was, Tim. It was a long time ago. I'll say that. Yeah, and- I got some punch card stories of my own. Oh, so. you do? Okay. All right. That's good. But I, I took this programming class my first time interacting with computers and in- instantly started thinking about the fact that when normal everyday people interact with computers, it, it's going to be interesting. So this was before the term, you know, user-friendly, usability, user experience, conversion, any of that came along. But I, I became uh, very interested in the psychology of technology. And, and so my whole career really has been about how do we take what we know about people and how they think and how they learn and how they work and, and, uh, what they find uh, engaging and interesting, and how do we apply that to the design of whatever technology it is, software, apps, websites, so that it best fits uh, humans yeah, you know, I, I, just the technology. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. I think you know we keep thinking we're we're inventing something new, and it's about the technology. But it really, our brains don't change, at least on an evolutionary time scale. And so, paying attention to what's going on in there would seem to have kind of the highest payoffs. Um, now, in your book, uh, you know, hundred things every designer needs to know about people. You talk about essentially summaries of a lot of neuroscience or social psychology. Um, and and uh, some very interesting findings about the way the brain works. What strike you as the most relevant for, say, online for um, you know looking at visual information on a web page? 
Well, I think some of the, the most interesting research that's coming out about the brain, which is, you know, how I got my name, the brain lady, because I love to, to read that research, are things like there's a special part of your brain. It's called the fusiform facial area, FFA, and it is dedicated to the processing of faces. So uh, if there are faces at a website, uh, of of people that will grab attention and not only will it grab attention instantly but it will also send emotional information and I think we've all known this those of us who design websites but to realize that there's actually a certain part of the brain that's dedicated to this that's that starts being active by the way at the age of six months of age uh, so the idea that if you're going to have pictures of people at the website make sure those faces are facing straight out that there's the eye contact because that's what what uh, gets the fusiform facial area uh, going I think that's that's very fascinating I'm also yeah, and, and, and well just to, just to take off yeah. from that you know I, I remember reading research and the facial recognition is a very important skill since most of our survival you know we're social creatures depends on on other apes uh, and in people Faces are only recognized right side up. Other apes, including chimpanzees, apparently have the ability to recognize faces in any orientation because half the time they're hanging off a tree branch upside down. <laughs> and usually we're not. And usually we look at websites not hanging upside down. Um, yeah, so it, it, that, that right side up and, and, and looking straight at you uh, and understanding that not only are you grabbing attention, but you're conveying emotional information. And I think another one, Tim, that, that uh, I've, I've been talking about a lot lately is how powerful uh, online video is and, and how persuasive that is. And that's for a number of reasons, Some, a lot of interesting research around that. One is that, uh, first of all, if there's movement in the visual field, that will grab attention. And, of course, if there's a video playing on the screen, that's movement. So that's one right there. Another is that we know when uh, people are listening to someone talk, their brain actually syncs up. The speaker's brain and the listener's brain uh, sync up. They show the same brain at pattern of activity, uh, only delayed by like a second or two because of you know I'm talking, and then it takes a second or two for your brain to to pick up on that. Well, but longer for my brain, but I get your <laughs> point. yeah, longer for your brain. But the brains that eventually your brain will sync up. So the idea being that. That when people are listening to audio, which of course you know they're doing now on this on this uh, broadcast, when they're listening to audio, uh, their brain is syncing up with the speaker, and that uh, doesn't happen, you know, when you're reading text. So if you if I t if I have text at the website and someone's reading it, the brains are not syncing up in the same way. Well, right, so and it's I mean, so reading text is kind of an abstract activity. It's you know we like recognize letter shapes, uh, and then we make them into letter concepts and words and meaning and so on. But that's a, a kind of a long, convoluted process. But like you say, I think the reason video is so powerful is because it's how we experience the world. To us, looking through our eyes, it's, it's a moving picture show or movie, right? And so when you can get that same effect uh, inside of a web browser, then you're going to have a much richer source of information. Yeah, and, and, and to realize that often... Uh, that, a, that a really important component of that is the audio. 
Okay. Yeah, well, one thing we know that for the formation of memories is that multisensory uh, experiences are the most salient. So you want something that ideally would trigger your sense of smell. There'd be a little soundtrack playing in the background. There's, you know, sights and sounds, touch, everything, and a strong emotional component, whether it's, you know, fear, revulsion, or love. The, that's how memories get really encoded in the strongest fashion, right? And do you know that there actually is uh there I don't I don't think it's really it took off in any way but there's a an interface a technology um that someone developed that would con- connects to your computer and then you can send uh smells um through your website Smellorama HD <laughs> I'm not sure I want it you know I was uh with my kids and we were watching some uh some kids movie and they had the scratch and sniff cards uh but it all <laughs> we're just not there yet no uh, no i'm not going to do that no i mean I, and, and i think but you know, i think you're focusing on vision as the primary one which is important because most of our brain is actually devoted to one form or another to processing visual information as i understand yeah, um or, but, well, more yeah. area in your in your brain devoted to to vision than any of the other senses yep yeah. Uh, well, let's come back after uh, this break, and I want to explore how uh, faces and videos um, can be used for good or evil on websites specifically. Uh, okay. So, um, you know, well, well, let me let me just set this up before we we talk about it. I mean, you say we get attention. You know, videos will draw our attention. Well, that's true because we have two types of visual processing in the brain right we have rods and cones you know we can do fine uh detail discrimination or we can do motion detection on a really wide field over 180 degrees as i understand it so uh that has survival value right the tiger jumping out at me i need to know about that now uh but that attention can be hijacked for good or evil so we'll explore it after the break uh stay tuned we'll be back after a break from our wonderful sponsors More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. On the road. On the boat. Working out. Or up in the air. Now you can listen to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere. Look for WebmasterRadio.fm on TuneIn. Available for download on your iPhone, iPad, BlackBerry, Android, Palm, Samsung, and Windows Phone. As well as Google TV, Yahoo TV, and Roku. Tune in to WebmasterRadio.fm on the go from anywhere by downloading TuneIn right now. WebmasterRadio.fm. We really are everywhere. Rise links and web indexes. 
Take a bow to the largest link map in the world. Majestic SEO. Majestic SEO wields its virtual sort with speed and accuracy to deliver detailed reports of your company's link data and that of your competition. Let Majestic SEO make you your own king of internet marketers and join the crusade of clients and agencies that have chosen the noble choice for link intelligence. MajesticSEO.com Maximize ROI to use your time and let Majestic wield its mighty sword. MajesticSEO.com It's good to be king. WebmasterRadio.fm Keep your headphones handy and the feed loaded. We never stop. Do you? Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is your host, Tim Asher, LPO, Landing Page Optimization. So uh, to paraphrase Google's motto or informal motto, I guess, do no evil. Uh, they always talk about that. I'm not sure they always live up to it, but hey, who's perfect among us, right? Uh, so how do we do no evil by using faces and videos on web pages, specifically with regard to conversion. So we know those things grab attention, but can they be misused? What are good and bad examples? Well, I think basically you've got to realize that any technology that we use and anything that we do can be used for good or evil, right? And so the question really becomes, are we... Uh, manipulating people to do something that is essentially bad for them or against their best interest? Or are we helping them to achieve what it is they want to achieve? So if, we're, if they want to uh, uh, find out about our products, are we using videos and are we using uh, visuals and faces to help them understand who we really are, what we're about, what, we're, what products and services we have. Well, let me try that another way because I, I really didn't mean the moral dimension of it. I meant that kind of metaphorically. I, I meant um, specifically in our goals as marketers to persuade people and to get the conversion. Um, I think if you say, hey, throw lots of pictures of, of people on the page, I think you're often undermining the conversion goal because unless it's directly tied to the conversion action, that's actually an attention leak on the page as a picture of someone's face looking at you, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely, yeah. I mean, I tell people when they're trying to decide exactly you know, what video or what picture to use on a page uh, to ask yourself what is the one action that you want people to take on this page and and then you need to pick one picture that will lead to that one action and that's it yeah on, on our own website uh we just uh recently are kind of relaunching our, our redesign site we usually have kind of a, a focal photorealistic graphic and below that would be the call to action button or the small video thumbnail that we want you to play so we want the the, the image to kind of anchor your attention on the page and like you say there should be one primary right you shouldn't have several pictures if you have secondary or tertiary goals right right uh, any other guidelines in terms of, uh, say, the content of a video? Uh, what do you think about auto-playing videos on a page? Uh, I I do not like auto-playing videos on a page. So I might this might go against what some of your your uh, audience and listeners are used to, uh, but I believe that it's important for people to feel in control. And uh, so, in order for them to feel in control, you don't want 
the autoplay. You want it there. You want the video front and center with a really interesting a thumbnail picture so that they'll be grabbed in and a nice big play button, but let them be the ones to press the play button. Yeah, well, as a, it's a kind of a flip side of what I like to say is uh, nobody likes unwelcome surprises, right? Right. So, so if uh, you're people, sitting in your cubicle and at work and you get the website and you get a bunch of audio and uh, that's not exactly what you were expecting yeah, when you got that's there. Yeah, the problem is that you really can't totally anticipate the context that they're in, right? So let them have control. Okay, and so um, yeah, I, I'm 100% with you on the no autoplay and on having a small thumbnail, interesting thumbnail, not the, not the first blurry frame of your video <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to, to represent it. And then you should open it up in a nice uh, high-resolution video player and a light box popover probably so uh, that can be dismissed. Is that kind of the best practice you'd, you'd yeah, say? Yeah, it is. And I think it's really interesting because those of us who – you know, might have been doing web design for a long time, now find out that we have to learn this whole new field, which is video, right? And that, that's Yes, welcome to iMovie and Camtasia if you're, if you're an amateur, right? Well, you know, I got to say, uh, is it okay to, to, to put in plugs for software because I'm… Oh, um, plug away, absolutely. Okay. We want tools well, for our listeners. Well, I've been uh, doing a lot of online video lately, and so I've been exploring uh, different programs. And my favorite right now is ScreenFlow. Uh, I'm on a Mac. Mm-hmm. And I, I just find I'm able to edit really fast and, and, and really get down to the, the fine level of control I want with that. Well, let's, let's talk about specifically about the videos in a little more detail. Now, there's, I guess you could say... Um, a natural attention span of people on the web, and it's very, very short. Uh, how long should introductory videos be? Uh, of course, you know, I'm going to tell you. It depends. It depends. It depends. <laughs> or test uh, it, right? It depends on how good the video is and what the content is and what the context is of the people that are listening. But, uh, for instance, uh, if you have a video that's a minute or a minute and a half long, that's that's a great uh amount of time. I'm actually working on an intro video for my website that, that is, I think, a minute 18. Uh, I have to, I just released a, a video um, that's at my website and other places on Vimeo, etc., that is five, a, a little over five minutes long, and people love it. It's getting very good play, but it has a lot of content to it. Yeah, so, and I think that, the, well, that's why I made the distinction of introductory video. I think we can agree, yeah. and I think YouTube does this properly, is that they said kind of a hard limit at eight minutes. That's about as long as somebody can go for, sit through a single episode of something. You'd have to really reset their attention if you want to re-engage them for longer than that. Yeah, I mean, you know, TED Talks are 20 minute long. That's long, yeah, which about ten minutes too long. As far as my, as far. <laughs> depending well, on the speaker. <laughs> well, no, no, I don't mean depending on the speaker. I don't know if you've read Medina's book Brain Rules, but well, you know, yeah. one of the things he talks about is just kind of this eight to ten minute threshold of if you're telling a story, you need to lull them out of their complacency every eight to ten minutes and switch it up. Otherwise, yeah. uh, it, you know, the attention definitely will wane. Yeah. So I think in terms of online videos, uh, I. Even I'm working on a lot of online courses, online video courses, and what I try and do is keep each of the the lessons to about three or four minutes. Yep, and it's it's good both as a practical thing we can squeeze them in whenever we need them in our busy life, and also, you know, you will get that 
uh, nice first impression instead of having this decaying attention going on. Right. Long- right. Yes. Well, good. Uh, so let's let's talk. Let's switch back to people. Um, how can those be used for uh, misused on a page? I mean. Do, should we just have the the cute little baby in the Michelin tire commercials and uh, or the the hot half naked woman on the page? Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to tell you that that some of the stuff really really does work. So, um, you know, and and a lot of what's going on, and you know, because you you read a lot of the brain stuff, has a lot of this has to do with the old brain, right? And the old mm-hmm. brain is the part of the brain that is always. Uh, watching out for your survival and is very sensitive to to pictures or messages of fear, loss, sex, food, uh, uh, danger. So those things work, you know, the, the, the nice four F's looking. is what I call them, right? <laughs> the, yeah, the, the fight, flight, feeding, and of course, uh, fornication. Yes, right. that's the other F. I mean, you know, people don't like to think that's true, but as you said before, it's evolutionary. I mean, we really don't have a lot of control over this. So, yeah, pictures of attractive people. Pictures of people that look like me is also another one, right? If I feel like, oh, those, those people are like, they're, they're similar to me, that can be very powerful. Um, you know, pictures of babies might work depending on your demographic. Um, if if you can squeeze in a baby, do it if it's even tangentially related to what you're doing because uh, babies have, uh, as I understand it, kind of an outsized effect uh, because we all want to protect them and we all think they're cute and cuddly, right? And baby animals, same thing, you know. Uh, the other thing I think that's really useful to do, you know, we talked about having having pictures of people and they're looking right at you. But the other thing you can do is they don't have to be looking right at you <laughs> if – there's a story going on in the in the photo. So, you know, like there's two people and they're in a, a, a wonderful restaurant and they look like they're having a great time and it's very romantic, right? So stories through the pictures are also extremely powerful. Well, but that, that brings me to an interesting question. As I, I mean, as I understand it, yeah, if, you, if someone's looking right at you, you don't know that that's a little graphic on a website. You think it's a real person. You look right back at them. So um, if you have two people looking to the side at each other, then they have kind of a closed little hermetically sealed universe and you're not allowed in. Um, I've, I've seen sideways faces used to kind of look at a point of interest on a page or redirect attention towards a call to action. Have you seen any research around that? Supposedly there's eye tracking research that shows that if someone, if there's a picture of a person and the person is looking off to another part of the page, then people will tend to also look off to that part of the page. But I have, uh, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever heard me talk about my whole, all my concerns about eye tracking. So I have problems with eye tracking anyway. Um, I would much rather use, uh, if people are going to be not looking directly at you on the web page, it's because they're engaged with another person in the photo and therefore there's a story going on. And now I may not... Uh, be engaging right with that one person, but I'm engaging with the story. Okay, well, great. That, that's a, that's a, a great point. I want to come back and explore the power of stories um, after the break, but also I'm going to totally put you on the spot here. Okay. Uh, I know a little bit about your background, and okay. I understand that you have some kind of performance inclinations. You do theater, and you're a jazz vocalist. Could you scat a few bars for us after the break? Oh, you are really mean. <laughs> I'm evil, and you had no idea that was coming. No, none. 
so what's the answer? Yes or no? We're going to break. Oh my god. Uh, I'll take that as a yes. We'll oh be back in two minutes after a word from our sponsors. More LPO landing page optimization in just a moment. Oh yeah, my day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS, text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm, sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. I guess the only thing we'll be exterminating is the competition. To get your free extended trial of Moby Mantis, text RADIO to 21691. That's RADIO to 21691 for Moby Mantis. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. Warning, listening to WebmasterRadio.fm daily may cause Webmaster insomnia and an increase in your company's profits. WebmasterRadio.fm, stay up with us all night long. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Welcome back to LPO, landing page optimization, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back with Susan Weinshank. Look, you can't be shy if you're doing jazz singing. So let, let's let a few, I don't know, dozen uh, loyal landing page optimization listeners uh, get a little taste. What do you say? Oh, my God. I, you, you, are, you really have put me on the spot. I mean, just like, some like, Sinatra number, fly me to the moon. I don't know. I'm sure you got something in your, in your bag of tricks. Oh, all right. All right. All right. In other words, hold my hand. In other words, I love you. 
There and we that's go. That's all you're getting. That's great. <laughs> Perfect. That's all. I, that's more than I hoped for. So oh, God. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Susan. I really appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, thank- at least you didn't ask me to, you know, like uh, do a Shakespeare uh, monologue or something. <laughs> no. That's got to be in the, in the fake book, you know, the Sinatra <laughs> book. <laughs> All right. Um, so, so back to stories and the power of stories. Now, one thing is, um, you know, I think everybody. Uh, one of the big takeaways from your book, I think, is everybody focuses on the wrong part of the brain, on the logical neocortex, the reasoning part, the part that can delay gratifications and and analytically make decisions. And that's actually has very little survival value. The reptilian brain, as we discussed, kind of runs the show, and the emotional midbrain is next in line. So tell us why stories are an important way of uh, kind of bypassing the cold logic of the brain and persuading people. Yes, stories are so important and they're so much a part of everything we do that we don't even think about them. And and yet it's very interesting, you know, you'll spend your whole day uh, interacting with other people by telling stories and then somehow think that when you go to write the copy for a web page, you know, you should just write facts. Yeah, analytical, analytical bullet points. Yeah, right? what happened to the story? Well, so we know from the research that people process information better when it's in story form. They retain it longer. They find it more interesting. Stories um, uh, stimulate the parts of the brain that have to do with empathy so that we really feel that, you know, we feel the other person's pain or joy or whatever they're going through. So... It really, stories are the way to communicate. And when I'm, I, I try always, uh, when I'm communicating or writing, to do it in the form of a story. Yeah, so it bypasses all of the logical analytic. If I told you it's a bad idea for you to lease that new, you know, BMW, uh, but hey, let me tell you a story. You're driving down the Pacific Highway with the top down and the wind blowing and your hair out there and the sun shining. And everyone's giving you envious stares. Okay, that's that has nothing to do with the interest rate on the BMW, and it completely <laughs> shuts down that logical part of the brain, right? Well, I don't know if it shuts it down, but it's it. Let let's say it engages different parts of the brain, additional parts of the brain that are really the parts of the brain that are making the decisions. And most decisions, as you point out in your book, are pre-conscious. They have nothing to do with even being aware you made them. Sometimes you make decisions before you can surface them consciously, right? I would say almost all the time you make decisions before they surface consciously. I mean, we know that that uh, uh, 80 to 90 percent of all mental processing is going on unconsciously. So everything's going on unconsciously. The big iceberg with everything below the waterline. Yep, that's right. All right. Well, great, Susan. I, I uh, we could spend hours chatting. I, I hope you'll you'll come back and do additional episodes. I know our readers, or sorry, our listeners would would certainly appreciate it. Yeah, um, I'd be glad to. Although you know, now I'm going to be prepared. I'm going to have the Shakespeare monologue and a couple of songs <laughs> ready to go. Okay. Well, we'll make it multi-sensory, so you'll have to uh, <laughs> f- fart or something too at the same time. Oh. No, j- just kidding. I'm sorry. That was completely inappropriate. But on that note, you know, you've you've been a terrific speaker at uh, the conversion conference. We have our Florida show coming up in October. Um, for our loyal listeners, if you want a hundred dollars off a conversion conference for Lauderdale. 
then use the code WMFM for $100 off. Uh, Susan, thanks so much. Uh, if people want to follow you on Twitter, it's The Brain Lady. That's right. And actually, pretty much everywhere, it's The Brain Lady, right? That's what you go by. Um, yeah, my, uh, my blog is whatmakesthemclick.net. Whatmakesthemclick.net. Check out Susan's work. Get her books. You need them. You don't know this stuff, and you need to know it. And uh, again, Susan, I hope you'll come back sometime. Thanks so I, much for I being on the show. To.